Hey everyone, this is April Hansen, the Associate Editor for Arkansas Catholic, and this is our fourth episode of Arkansas Catholic Asks, where we ask questions of some of our newsmakers in the church and community about what matters most to you. Today we have Mandy Davis, the Director of Jericho Way, which is a day resource center for the homeless in Little Rock, which is operated by DePaul USA. So welcome. Welcome. Thank you. (laughs) Um, So Davis became director in the spring of 2017, and since then there's been a lot of positive changes at Jericho Way, and today we're going to discuss the ongoing efforts to secure affordable housing for clients and just also general information about homelessness. Um, But first, what I wanted to do is ask you a quick icebreaker question. So your job is no doubt stressful, but tell us what you do to relax. That's a great question. Um, First of all, I try really hard to relax, which makes relaxing comical. Um, And so, um, but I think what I do the most is I spend time, a lot of time with my kids. Um, and uh, my two-year-old is potty training, and my six-year-old is is reading, and um, and then just for myself, um, I've joined a fitness class. I think this is going on year two of, of being in this in this fitness class, and that's really a great way for me just to have some some me time. Wow, that's that's got to be hard to have me time between your job and you know marriage and kids, and that that's great that you find find those moments. <laughs> yes. Well, um, just a little bit of background on Jericho Way for those listeners that may not know much about it. Um, DePaul USA, it's a Catholic nonprofit, took over operations from the city in 2015. So Little Rock is one of only six cities in the U.S. where DePaul USA operates. So Mandy, tell me what kind of services you provide on a daily basis and other notable statistics on you know what you're able to provide to clients. Yeah, so um, so DePaul USA truly aims to end homelessness in the cities where we reside, and our vision is that everyone would have a stake in their community and a place to call home. And at Jericho Way, uh, we are a day center. It's a resource center for people who are experiencing homelessness. And some of the main sort of key services we provide is case management. We have a professional staff of social workers. Uh, We serve two meals a day, breakfast and lunch. Um, Just for perspective, we served more than 49,000 meals in 2018. Um, We are a place of just relief from the elements. As you can imagine, right now we're sitting in this room, it's cold, um, and we're indoors. And so, um, so yeah, honestly, being open helps save lives. Um, We... Assist securing housing and shelter, and we pay for any cost associated with the shelter. Assistance with identification documents, hygiene services, so laundries and showers, going all day. Assistance with job search, transportation. We have two vans, telephone access, Wi-Fi, computer, um, are all there in our computer lab. And it's a physical address to send and receive mail. And then, of course, we have monthly recreational activities. That's great. That's so much, you know, stuff that people really need on a daily basis. So. In 2018, we also opened a clothing closet and an on-site free intentional clothing closet, and um, Jefferson Comprehensive opened their medical clinic on-site. Wow. So those are two things um, that we haven't necessarily added to our services provided, but something that has, is a newer addition. That's wonderful. Well, so tell me, you know, I know from past reporting, um, when you have, I have spoken, that it's always been really vital to refer to those who come through the doors as clients. And that's always been kind of, you know, um, 
I think, powerful. So why has that always been important? Yeah, their clients, we've actually sort of changed the way that we relate to to the, quote, clients, and, and we've gone as far now to call them guests. I think that really helps volunteers and staff, and it's just myself every day, um, language matters so much. So if I call you a guest, I'm going to treat you like a guest um, because I'm almost convincing myself that that's exactly who you are when I say that. And, and so that's what we, we really want to maintain the culture of, of, of hospitality. And so language matters. That's wonderful. Well, so I'm not sure the average person really understands the true crisis when it comes to affordable housing. Um, I'm sure you've heard, as we all have, just judgments like if, the homeless worked, then they could afford a home rather than just panhandling, but it's really all connected. So just explain a little bit about how unattainable housing is for the homeless in Little Rock. This is a really good point. Um, and I just, I sort of want to tell somewhat of a story to, 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 to answer your question. So, um, the Verizon Center attracts, um, all sorts of, artist and, um, and, and in fact, employment. So those jobs working the custodian or a janitor there serving the meals is like 11 or 11.50 an hour. Um, and so these are really, really, really pretty great jobs. They're high paying jobs. And, um, a lot of our folks qualify to work there. Um, what doesn't occur though, is there's not a working homeless shelter. I mean, other than our house, which is a program, you can't work and then enter a shelter. So people make the decisions whether to work this 11.50 an hour job and live outside of the Verizon Center so that they can work or go to the shelter. Doing both, we don't have that here. And so when people say that, I think it's a lack of, of information about sort of the plight of um, someone experiencing homelessness or just their day-to-day routine. So they have to choose between work and shelter. Um, and it's very natural and normal to choose shelter because it's not only shelter, they're also choosing food and water. They're meeting their basic needs. They're doing what is natural and normal. Um, what's not natural and normal is homelessness. That's what's not normal. And so our, our judgments um, about it, in my opinion, are um, our response to this this abnormal thing that has occurred in our society. We can't understand it because we, because we don't live it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I kind of want to build off of that a little bit, just kind of give our listeners an overview of what can happen really to each area of a person's life when they're homeless. You know, for example, if they had a job, their ability to maintain employment, which you just kind of mentioned a little bit, but also their health and their ability to communicate with others, you know, maybe just not having a cell phone anymore, or the internet or whatnot. So just kind of touch on some of those areas in a person's life, what happens to them when they, you know, lose, lose a place to live. So I think it's important for the listeners to understand that the majority of times people who are experiencing homelessness didn't lose their home first. They lost their health. They lost their job. They lost a limb. They lost a child. Um, they lost their car uh, or they lost several of the things I just listed, right? Or they're fleeing from domestic violence. Um, there's, or they're a refugee. There's all these things that sort of cause homelessness. And so it's almost like sometimes homelessness is the end of the loss um, because there's nowhere to really go from there. Um, and so 
sort of to address the question, oftentimes if they lost their health and that's what caused the homelessness, the health suffers more. You know, if they lost their job and that's what caused the homelessness, well, now they're making some serious decisions between being economically sufficient and shelter. So I think the decisions get tougher and the causes of homelessness that occurred before the homelessness, if that makes sense, get harder and, and sort of worse. Um, and, and I think a factor that's not measured and um, it's, it's not necessarily measurable um, is hope. And so oftentimes um, the folks that we work with have, have really lost a lot of hope. And it's not on our brochure, but one thing we try to do is to um, restore some hope. And through case management, through them providing the meals, through the warm shower and the towel um, with no holes in it. You know, we want to restore their faith in humanity, their hope in the world or a better life that it can happen. Um, so I think I answered the question. Yeah, so. absolutely. <laughs> okay. Well, and, you know, obviously along with meeting those basic needs, you know, we want to talk about housing in your program. So, and I know that you've had some updates um, in February, but um, I want to talk about just kind of the beginning of the housing program, though. So talk about when did you first start working to get affordable housing for clients, roughly? Has it been in the works for a little while? or? Yeah, so, um, so this year we housed 62 individuals in, in, um, in, in housing around the city. That's um, public and private housing. Um, but we've always known, uh, and we've housed over 120 currently, so we've already wow. been doing housing, but we realized that, um, that, well, we realized two things. It's not enough, and, and that we also want to demonstrate to this city and other cities what affordable housing could look like. Right now, the majority of affordable housing, it's still in towers. We're still concentrating poverty. We're not integrating people. Um, and so we want to model that. Um, and we've worked with the city of Little Rock and the land bank in order to acquire four, four pieces of property in order to start to do that. That's amazing. Well, so tell me um, kind of you know, what are the requirements for you know, guests that come and they are seeking affordable housing? What are some of those requirements? So we only require what's required by the housing authority. We don't, we have no additional requirements. Instead, what we want to do is just help them fill out the, the application completely, make sure that they have their identity documents. And if they don't, we want to pay for them. Um, we want to eliminate any barriers. So if there's an application fee, we want to pay for that. We want to find a donor. Um, we want to raise awareness too about application fees and deposits and utilities um, so that donors understand what the crisis is and how they can help to eliminate the barriers and increase um, people obtaining affordable housing. So that's sort of what we've been doing. With regards to the duplexes that we plan to build, uh, we've not gotten that far, but we do want um, the folks that are in these homes, um, they will have an income. And so this is, a, this is truly affordable housing. They will pay their rent, um, which is set at 30% of their adjusted net income. They'll also pay their utilities. So um, perhaps we help get them there or they're already there when they come to us. I'm, it, we're not sure. Yeah. So. 
Well, and so this, the properties that you're referring to, those, you know, four properties, that's been in the works for about two and a half years. Um, and it's my understanding, so you plan to build duplexes on two of them and maybe just manage the other two lots for now. Is that kind of the plan? Yes, that's okay. right. Okay. And uh, the duplex units are really upgraded tiny homes. Each unit is about 500 square feet. It's an efficient use of space. Um, and so each duplex will contain two units. Um, the units will have kitchen, living area, separate bedroom and bathroom. And the units are really much more durable in tiny homes um, and they're cost effective. Um, and so we're, we're really excited to show Little Rock what affordable housing can look like. And we hope to be um, sort of a beacon for other cities to look to us for something like affordable housing. Well, how many people um, do you envision each in each of the duplexes? You said there's two units to each. So how many, like? Yeah, likely one okay. or, or a couple. Mm -hmm. um, again, Jericho, we, you know, we don't know. I mean, the, again, they're, they're small units, you know, so they're 500 square feet. So it would, it would just depend. We're not mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. Well, how excited are you about this? Really excited. I was at the city... Um, director's meeting when it was passed and I felt so relieved. I, I um, was only there with one other person, one of our local advisory council members and, and, um, and our owner's rep, two, two people. And I almost wish I'd have brought a bigger group because, you know, you want to tell everyone, but it's just better to sort of uh, tread lightly sometimes. And so we've been treading lightly in, in anticipation of sort of giving the good news. Um, and so um, we're really happy to be able to tell people now mm -hmm. what we want to do and what our intentions were and, and to get started, quite frankly. When are you going to get started? I mean, when's the... Great question. <laughs> Great question. Um, of course. Uh, I don't know, you know, probably, probably, I don't know, summer, yeah. you know, summer, yeah. late summer, probably. Um, but yeah, we... Um, we have to get started soon, so mm -hmm. we, we do have the uh, the renderings, and um, of course, your your listeners can follow us on Facebook. Um, we're at Jericho Way backslash DePaul USA on Facebook and on Instagram at Jericho Way, and a lot of those drawings and, and really great uh, architect Rogue Architect did the drawings. Um, Jeremiah Russell at Rogue Architect, and they are, I mean. There, nothing makes me happier than to look at those pictures. I don't know if your <laughs> listeners are going to feel the same way, but uh, they should check it out. Maybe they'll yeah. uh, get really happy as well. Absolutely. Well, everyone should be excited. I mean, this is such an issue that affects really everyone, whether they understand it or not, fully understand homelessness, which, as you said, you really can't unless you live it. But it's an issue that affects everybody. So, um, and I know we, you have many donors and volunteers um, to Jericho Way, you know, from various sources. But one that's really heavily involved in the housing effort is Settled Souls, which is a nonprofit ministry um, that was started by parishioners from Holy, Our Lady of the Holy Souls Church in Little Rock. And um, but it's now a nonprofit on its own, and they work to donate, you know, furniture, appliances toiletries, bedding, food, and just literally anything you can think of, you know, that someone might need in their new home. So what impact have they had on the people that you serve? They have point blank increased our sustainability. So when I say that we housed 62 people last year, what I didn't mention is that we have a more than 80% success rate. Wow. They're almost all still housed. And the biggest 
factor in that is settled souls. There's just no other way to say it. Um, so if they're listening, thank you. Thank you all for the furniture and for quite frankly, serving love and dignity to people who haven't had any in a long time. Um, out of those 62, only eight are no longer housed. Like I said, that's incredible um, working with this population. So when we house someone through Jericho Way, um, helping them eliminate barriers like application fees and identity document requirements and just the application, sometimes people can't read or write. So filling out the application is a barrier in of itself. Um, the, the work is just halfway done, right? So now they're in a unit where they're alone but they were used to sleeping with 200 people and eating with 100 people. Um, they have no furniture, which is, you know, now they're lonely and depressed. Uh, so Settled Souls comes in and not only provides furniture, household goods, and a food starter kit, but they provide friendships that, and these are long-lasting friendships. So this is outside of Jericho Way. Um, and they also return to our quarterly um housing events. Uh, we, we throw a party basically every three months for all of the housed guests um, around the city. And we pick them up and we bring them to this party and the meal is for them. Um, the music is for them. There are gifts for them and Settled Souls helps provide bus passes for them. It's about them. And, um, and it's just a way for them to see that they're part of something bigger and a way for us to, um, to keep up with them and to provide that community. So, so housing is certainly important, but community is, it is the secret sauce. If you don't provide community, um, people don't maintain housing. And so you can say that you do housing, but if you can't, if it, it has to be sustainable. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, so for you, what was one of the most just touching moments you've seen or maybe something you've heard um, someone say when they actually have a home to call their own? Is there, I'm sure there's so many stories you have, but is there one that kind of just touches you in a special way? Yeah, gosh, there was a, I received a call from a guy, his name is Curtis Zachary. He's, he's Catholic. And, um, he said, Mandy, I'd, um, I was pregnant at the time, really pregnant, and I uh, really didn't want to take the call, quite frankly. And he said, there's a guy that I've been friends with for, I don't know, a year, a couple years. And he said, and, and he's sleeping outside of um, an abandoned store. Um, and I want to know if there's something that, that can be done. And I, I, of course, I said, I, you know, I need to know more. Um, and he was able to, uh, he, so, so his name, the, the, Curtis's friend's name that was homeless is, his, is Noel, and he had been homeless for more than three years, sleeping outside of this abandoned building. Um, and uh, we worked with Curtis and Noel, and we were able to house Noel. And I think that I remember um, Curtis and Noel both thinking that it wasn't possible. They weren't sure what they were going to do with this friendship and how they were going to maintain it when Noel was sleeping outside. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're still friends. Um, the only difference is Noel's housed and, um, and happy. And, um, and, and Curtis knows now that it's possible and has actually joined settled souls and, and helps provide furniture for the majority of people housed. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, what are some of the reactions <laughs> from, you know, those who are now housed? I mean, what, what is the overwhelming 
reaction that you see? I think they thought it would never happen. So the first is just like, whoa, you know, like I, I didn't think this was possible, you know? Um, and then there's the sense of, so there's this, this the, the wow factor. And then there's this, um, there's this, what can I do to help you? What can I do to help others get what I've got? Um, and, um, and so a lot of them come back and volunteer at Jericho Way and, um, and attend our weekly volunteer Bible study or come back for the art program that we have or utilize the clothing closet and talk to people about, they come back and they're like hope, they restore hope and faith, right? Because they say, well, hey, I did it, you can too. And so when they come back, they're the best guests to have because um, they know it's possible and they give other people hope. That's wonderful. Well, so anyone whose heart, hopefully we've touched everybody's heart that's listening. <laughs> um, and by we, I mean you. <laughs> but um, by what we've discussed today. And, you know, maybe they're motivated now to help Jericho Way, and in particular maybe with housing efforts. So what can they do and how can they get in touch with you? That's a great question. So Jericho Way, um, you're, we're, we're located at 3000 Springer Boulevard. Um, the best way to get in touch with me is, is email. So that's Mandy, M-A-N-D-Y, period, Davis, D-A-V-I-S, at DePaulUSA.org. Um, you know, we can always use volunteers. Uh, our clothing closet is always in need of jeans and tennis shoes. Um, uh, if you're interested in serving a meal, we can use you. Um, our annual fundraiser is Sleep Out in the Rock, and if anyone's listening, this is what makes us work. We, we do one fundraiser a year, and um, this is how we're able to do what we do and, and do it well. Um, so uh, Sleep Out in the Rock, it's, it's very simple. You pay to sleep outside, <laughs> and uh, overhead, I think we, we um, last year our goal was 50000 We raised 60000 um, we spent less than $500 doing it. Um, and so we are looking for sponsorships right now. Um, and what are our the goal, deadlines? Yeah, our, our, so our goal is $75,000. The, the event is October the 12th. I guess you could, I guess I'll, I'll set a deadline now, October 1st. You, you know, <laughs> we need money by October 1st. Um, but yeah, you can just contact me if you're interested. And I can give you more information about it. Um, but we are um, starting to gear up for... Um, for our annual fundraiser, Sleep Out in the Rock. And so also if you're a Boy Scouts or you know Boy Scout troops, they want to come out, you know, we, we welcome that um, any groups that want to come out and sleep and, and, and give a sponsorship towards, um, towards the uh, operations at Jericho Way. And I know we've talked about this fundraiser in the past because this is how, what year is this now that you've done that? The third, this third. will be the fourth year. Fourth, fourth year. year. Okay. And um, if now, the goal is to have people out there sleeping, and I know it's not to replicate homelessness because that's you no, just can't. Yeah. It's just in solidarity with those experiencing mm -hmm. homelessness. Yeah. Okay. And if for some reason there is someone listening and they cannot sleep outside or for whatever reason, they can still donate, correct? Of course. Okay. Yeah. So, and maybe you can't afford the sponsorship levels. You can still make a donation. So, that's a good, that's an important, the sponsorship levels get you sort of tickets, right? So, you can bring five sleepers or, or you know, three sleepers or whatever. But, um, but you're free to just make a donation. Yeah, you don't have to sleep outside. That's uh, we, we love for you to, like you said, but you don't have to. We just really want to meet our financial goal in order to continue to, like I said, um, identify the barriers and eliminate them. 
But the sponsorship might actually be good for parishes or even ministries or youth groups. I mean, is there yes. an age kind of that you... Yeah, no, as long as they're supervised, yeah. we, we're, we're fine with that. Um, and so there will be, uh, there'll be community members there, clergy come, city officials, um, volunteers, staff, um, and the homeless are welcome as well. And so sometimes um, organizations will purchase tickets and say, you know, can you just give them to your guest? And so they're able to come. Now, they don't always come because, of the like I said, the shelter routines are pretty strict. Um, but when they do, it's 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 a good time for um, them to mix with people that they might not have mixed with without this occurring. And remind us again, when is that date? October the 12th. It's a Saturday at Murray Park. Okay. So Sleep Out in the Rock 2019, a goal of 75000 and we can use any and all help to meet that goal. Well, mark your calendars for that. Um, and as far as, you know, the end of our podcast, we always try to end our Arkansas Catholic Ask podcast with, you know, either a prayer or some sort of faith reflection. And so, Mandy, you were going to talk a little bit about how, you know, St. Vincent de Paul really, you know, influences the ministry in general. So kind of talk a little bit about that. Sure. So St. Vincent de Paul is um, is saint that we pull our heritage from and um, and the Vincentian values um, and and so in that um, he on his deathbed he was asked uh, what he would have done differently and he said more and it's always stuck with me and so in doing housing this is just one way of many that we are trying to do more to meet the need of those in need quite frankly and um, and so looking to uh, St. Vincent's life is just not a bad way to, to serve those in need. In fact, it's done it's done me well, and um, it's it's kept me uh, on the path of service and um, reminding myself that it's 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 for the people that we serve. And um, the more we do um, to meet the actual need of people who are living without homes. Um, the better we are. Not only they are better, we're better um, too. Well, thank you so much, Mandy. We really appreciate you coming to talk with us today and you do such good work in the city and, you know, really, hopefully everyone listening will want to join you <laughs> in yes. your efforts. So um, just keep uh, keep in mind her email address and um, ways to contact her on Facebook, of course. And um, thank you again, Mandy, for your time. We really appreciate it. Thank you. And uh, this has been Arkansas Catholic Asks.